Now, let's do a quick age test. If you know what this square piece of plastic is, you must have used a computer in the 1990s. Yes, it's a floppy disk, the ancient ancestor of the cloud and flash drives. The first floppy disk was invented at IBM in the 1960s and could store up to 360 kilobytes of data. Ooh. It got the nickname floppy because the original diskette was packed in a flexible plastic envelope. It was soon replaced by a more rigid case that still holds the 3.5-inch standard diskettes. Once you stuck it inside your computer's drive, it would use a read-write head to magnetically encode data onto the disk surface in the form of tiny magnetic spots. These spots represented binary code, the language of computers. When you wanted to access your data, the read-write head would scan the disk surface and translate those magnetic spots back into your files. Although its maximum capacity is under 3 megabytes, the floppy disk is still in use today, and not just as the save icon on your laptop. The floppy tech is still used in some planes, for example, the Boeing 747-400 to store and transfer data. The software used in these planes are rather old and incompatible with modern storage devices, so there's no other solution but to rely on diskettes. Some industries, like embroidery businesses, must do the same because their machines also live in the past. That's why you can still find services that buy unwanted floppy disks and sell them further after cleaning them up. A floppy disk has a lot in common with a cassette tape. Both have a thin plastic base, both can instantly record information, be used over and over, and are inexpensive. That's the reason the cassette tape is also still very much in use today. Back in 2016, Rolling Stone magazine published an interview with the owner of the National Audio Company, a cassette manufacturer selling around 100,000 tapes a day. They were getting orders from all kinds of artists and musical styles. You could even get a Justin Bieber album on cassette. In addition to a small price tag, that retro-cool vibe must be the reason for its popularity. Pagers were a mid-20th century invention that first became useful for physicians in the New York City area. They paid $12 per month for the service and received messages within a distance of 25 miles from the only transmitter tower. The little messenger became incredibly popular in the 80s and 90s. And in case you missed its beeping sound, it's still here, used by paramedics, doctors, and lifeboat crews. Pagers can go on forever on a single charge, compared to the smartphone battery struggles we know all too well. Plus, these gadgets can handle a beating, which makes them perfect for those working in rough environments. They're also much easier to use compared to fancy smartphones, which is a saver for older people. And instead of relying on cell towers, pagers use good old FM radio signals to send messages. It makes them super reliable, especially in zones off the Wi-Fi or phone grid like the countryside or the wilderness. This is useful for bird watchers in the UK who rely on pagers to get instant updates about rare birds. Perhaps the oldest gadget in the world, the abacus, is still in use today. It looks like the first version of it dates back to 2400 BCE. The Babylonians used a flat stone covered with sand or dust. They drew words and letters in the sand and later added numbers and pebbles to help with math. Over centuries, cultures around the world developed their own version of this gadget, from Egypt and Greece to India, Japan, and America. And millions of people from these and other countries still use the abacus in the 21st century. 
One of the main reasons for that is that the abacus doesn't rely on electricity and is super cheap compared to modern gadgets. It's a great tool for teaching math to the young generation because it's so intuitive. You don't have to memorize endless multiplication tables. It's all there in front of you. In some cases, an abacus can actually outpace a calculator. You can punch in numbers on this ancient gadget faster than you can on a calculator. But it's still slower for more hardcore math like division or root cubing. Now, back in the 19th century, Scotsman Alexander Bain decided to find a way to send not just signals, but also images over the wire. He was a clockmaker, so he was good with mechanisms and came up with something known as the chemical telegraph. He used the electric signals that telegraph operators were already sending. These signals traveled through a special kind of paper soaked in a chemical. When the signals hit the paper, the chemical would evaporate, leaving behind Morse code marks. And that's how Bain invented the grandfather of the modern fax machine even before the telephone. The descendant of this tech is still in use at the majority of American hospitals. They have digital records by now, of course, but they don't share them with other institutions in one huge digital database. So whenever they need to send over the data of a patient, they do it the old-school way. They print out, say, an ultrasound, and then send it using a fax machine. This also works for different departments within one hospital. Because many younger staff members haven't even seen a fax machine in real life, the process doesn't always go smoothly and fast. Before we launch anything into space, it goes through a bunch of tests to make sure it can handle the cosmic radiation up there. But most of the high-tech stuff floating among the stars right now was actually developed over a decade ago. All those satellites and space gadgets are usually lagging behind the latest consumer tech by a good chunk of time. Your smartphone is probably more cutting-edge than the Curiosity rover exploring Mars. It runs on a processor, which is much like the one in late 90s iMacs. The reason for that is that space gear needs to be super reliable, so they stick with tried-and-true components. Now, do you get nostalgic goosebumps when you hear the sound of your computer connecting to the internet through a phone line? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's a dial-up connection using a modem, which is like a bridge between your computer and the phone line. When you wanted to surf the web, your computer would dial a special number provided by your internet service provider. This number led to their computer servers. The connection was way slower than what we're used today and made a screeching sound all the way. Millions of people in America alone still use that technology to access the web. They have to do this because, in many rural areas, there's simply no other option to choose from. One of those companies that take up the entire room from history books is still working hard in the offices of water filtration company Sparkler Filters in Texas. It's a 1948 IBM with no memory, and it uses punch cards for calculations. It can reach punch cards at a speed of between 80 and 150 a minute. It also needs programs to be physically wired into its plug boards. After completing every task, you need to switch the program out. For software, the computer relies on a program called MoCAS that has been around since 1958, tracking contracts and payments. Over the years, MoCAS got some facelifts, like green screen access, which you might have seen in banks or airlines. They also added other elements, like new interfaces, to keep the program running for longer than anyone could possibly imagine. 
the first-generation computer still handles about $1.3 trillion in transactions across 340,000 contracts. They had thoughts of replacing it, but the cost would be way too high. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.